Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Political turmoil in America, pretty much at an all-time high. The leading Republican candidate for president, Donald Trump, bogged down in legal matters, some of which are driven by Democrats. And the leading candidate for the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, the president, is in serious trouble over allegations of financial fraud. And Mr. Biden, once again, is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So his story is changing. The president's story is changing. You remember over and over and over, I never discussed any business dealings with my son, Hunter. Okay? Well, I'll give you one example. This happened October 10th, 2019. Go. I don't discuss business with my son. I didn't know that was the case when, in fact, I found out after the fact. And because I don't discuss things with my son or my family, because I don't want to have any knowledge of any, I I don't want to be accused of, well, you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever. Well, now a guy named Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's partner and was involved with Burisma in Ukraine, is set to testify in front of the House Oversight Committee on Monday. So Archer certainly knows whether President Biden discussed business with his son. So the Biden administration has changed the narrative. Okay, roll the tape. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Oh, isn't that a never in business? 
not never discussed anymore. She's answered it a million times. You didn't have any. She changes it. You know, this is just deceit, absolute deceit. How can that woman get up in the morning when she's lying to 300 and what, 35 million Americans? She knows. They know what they're doing. They also know New York Times is going to cover it. Nope. Washington Post not covering it. However, today on the New York Times website, because I have my producers monitoring all this, a guy named Peter Baker, who covers Washington politics, did point out, finally, okay, it wasn't in the paper, that, hey, oh, this may not stack up. Everybody knows this is a ruse. Okay, and here's what we also know. That Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim took between 17 and 30 million dollars from foreign concerns, foreign operations for nothing. Nothing. That's what we know. Joe Biden didn't know anything about that. That stacked to you. Yesterday went over the tax return that President Biden released for 2017, where he somehow got $10 million. Three years later, he and Jill got $600,000. So it went from $10 million gross to $600,000. How does that happen? This is rotten, okay? Doesn't take Sherlock Holmes. So now... Um, What they're trying to do at the White House is just run out the clock until summer vacation, which begins for Congress next Thursday. Remember, the Justice Department is investigating any of this. The corrupt Merrick Garland crew, they're not going to do anything. They'll get Trump on everything. They'll investigate Trump for jaywalking or anything. But they won't look at anything about Hunter Biden or his father, Joe. So it's Congress that has to do this, but Congress is taking five weeks off. So the Biden administration just wants to get to next Thursday, all right? But they got this Devin Archer on Monday, which is going to be pretty big. And tomorrow, they got the humiliation of Hunter Biden making his plea in Wilmington, Delaware. I think the plea is going to be accepted by the judge, and Hunter Biden get probation for dodging taxes, big taxes, more than a million dollars, for two years, and then carrying a gun when he was a drug addict. And that'll be expunged, the gun thing. That's what I think is going to happen tomorrow. And then I will see if Joe is still proud of his son. I'm sure, I'm sure he is. I am proud. Proud, proud, proud. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Greatest guy. And that's a memo. Um, now, we have a separate action by the Speaker of the House. So you remember how Nancy Pelosi tortured President Trump. She tortured him, all right, every blanking day. Well, now the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is doing the same thing to Biden. Roll McCarthy. This is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. Okay, so McCarthy looks 
And he has to. He, ha- he has to take it as far as he can take. So will Joe Biden be impeached? A lot of it depends on what this guy Archer says on Monday. If Mar- Archer under oath, he's not public, remember, it, it's a closed situation, but he's still under oath. And every word is going to be written down, he's going to have to sign it. If under oath, he says, yeah, Joe is in a lot of these meetings with Hunter and me where we were getting money from Burisma or Romania or China, wherever it may be. The odds of Joe Biden being impeached on that testimony are very large. Not going to be convicted. We all know that. But as the Democratic Party tried to diminish Donald Trump with impeachment twice, I would assume that Joe Biden's going to go into the election cycle in an impeachment vote. And Merrick Garland, the attorney general, absolutely could be impeached. Because there's just a towering amount of evidence that he won't investigate anything. That the fix was in. That he blocked stuff, Garland. Now, the media, of course, don't want any part. This is such a fabulous story. And I don't mean fabulous because certain people might get hurt. I mean, this is just fascinating political story. Alleged corruption at the highest level. You think every journalist in the country would just be panting over this like they were to get Richard Nixon in Watergate. No! Roll the tape on CBS. I want to ask you about one involving the president's son, Hunter Biden, who's going to appear in court this week to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and will enter into an agreement that could avert conviction on a gun-related charge. Um, The deal has infuriated many congressional Republicans who are holding their own hearings. And I wonder, after this plea happens, if you would advise your party to move on. No, I wouldn't, Margaret, and here's why. Um, it's it, the conduct here by the U.S. attorney in Delaware um, and by the Justice Department. It, it just can't be justified. There's a good answer by Christie. But Margaret Brennan, she's, she's able to move on. Right, let's move on. Let's move on. You know, uh, I, don't want, I don't want any of this Hunter Biden stuff. It's, it's over. It's really, for me, somebody who came up and was in uh, journalism school during Watergate, this is just shocking. Here is a former U.S. attorney for Utah joining us from Salt Lake City. This is, I mean, I'm going to get the impeachment stuff in a minute, but I, I want to get the Trump stuff for, out of the way first. So, Smith, and you don't really, you're not a big Jack Smith fan. Is that correct? No, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. He, okay. He's not really proven himself to All be right. That's all. I just want the worthy audience, of fandom. <laughs> I want the audience to know where you're coming from. I'm agnostic on, on Smith. I, I don't have feelings about him one way or the other. I mean, I need to see, you know, exactly where he's going here. But you're not a fan of his. But that's okay. I mean, you know what the process is. So it looks like now there are three federal statutes that Smith is going to allege that Trump broke. The first one is conspiracy to commit offense or defraud the United States. How would uh, Trump have defrauded the United States? Yeah, Bill, these are um, these these are these are statutes that um, right now the the way in which I understand Jack Smith wants to utilize these statutes is entirely inconsistent with the purpose of the statute. But you just take tell that folks. you fraud the United States. Okay, okay, but that, you get, you're getting yeah. ahead. Of, you're getting ahead of yourself now. You're the U.S. attorney. You bring a charge uh, of conspiracy to defraud the United States. What does that mean? 
Just give me an example of what that would be. You know, typically an example of that would be you are um, a business that uh, does, for example, healthcare, and you bill Medicare and Medicaid and you receive, you know, funding from the United States, but you turn out to be fraudulent in, in your billing. You overbill the United States, you defraud them, and then the United States come back, comes okay, back so and it's says a, it's we're a fi- usually a financial thing. Okay, that makes sense. Correct. Second. Yep. Deprivation of rights under color of law. I have no blanking idea. I even looked up the statute. I still don't know what it means. What does that mean? This is this is one of the um, civil rights uh, package of statutes, and it is meant for an individual to go after law enforcement where they um, use excessive force or they shoot someone and, um, you know, in, in the execution of their official duties, but the individual that they shoot was exercising their constitutional rights. It's, it was designed to go after law enforcement that might go rogue or might not, um, you know, treat its citizens uh, mindful of the of due process. Okay, so uh, Trump is not a law, well, he is a chief, president's chief of law enforcement. This looks like it's, it's a stretch to try to jam anything in there to me. And we got to wait until if uh, the allegations are put into writing and exactly what they are. But remember, in the Bragg case in New York, we still don't know what law Trump, federal law yeah. Trump's, we still don't know. That's right. <laughs> you know, okay. And the third one is tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant. So I guess, Smith, that somebody tell him that Trump called me and said, don't do this. I, that's what I'm assuming here. Yeah, I mean, it could be the phone call in Georgia. It could be, you know, uh, one of the individuals, anybody, Secret Service agent that he spoke to, whoever they put in front of a grand jury. Okay, but you'd have to have a human being walk in and say, President Trump told me to do this and I didn't do it. It was a violation of law. So it seems to me that that Smith, he has to bring something uh, because the documents case is so weak. The Mar-a-Lago raid case is so weak. Um, that he has to bring something else. And then the overall plan is keep indicting Trump. You got local New York, you got possible state Georgia, you got federal charges. Just keep it, keep them uh, out of the uh, fray, the political fray, by making it impossible for him to function. That's what the strategy is. There's a question of strategy is in there. All right, let's go back to, uh, to Merrick Garland. Now, I called him a weasel. Is that, is that unfair? Well, you know, it's not unfair. I've referred to him as a petty, small man that uh, is vindictive. So, you know, in my mind, that that might be Hollywood's, uh, you know, uh, description of of a character that uh, they call a weasel. (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, I don't know, Garland, I met him, but but I just, I know what he's done in the Biden investigation. And no question that he's trying to, uh, the fix is in. He's trying to block anything. Well, I can't even remember this special prosecutor assigned to Biden's documents near his Corvette in his garage. Can you remember the guy's <laughs> name? Can you remember him? Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't get so fortunate to have one. <laughs> no, there is one. One was oh, appointed. Okay. All right. You don't even know that. Nobody knows. I don't even it. know. No, yeah. No, there, there's know. a special counsel appointed to look oh, into. Oh, the... you're, you're you're correct. You are correct on the on the classified documents. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, I don't know who it is. Nobody. 
Nobody knows who it is. Could be Barney Fife from uh, Andy and Mayberry. Nobody. The guy was introduced and then he just vanished. All right. So we know nothing about that. All right. But Merrick Garland, we know a lot about how uh, the Justice Department operated. The U.S. attorneys, and correct me if I'm wrong, you answer when you were in Utah as a U.S. attorney, you answered to Washington. You answered the attorney general, correct? Well, you do. And uh, you also have the benefit of any any time you want to bring a case in this country and another jurisdiction, you either had main justice uh, prosecutors or you had the U.S. attorney in that district that was going to you know, help and assist and give you resources, especially if, as Merrick Garland claims, that he was to, to receive all the cooperation and, and have the assistance of the, of the Department of Justice to do what he thought needed to be done in the case, then uh, he should have been able to bring any case anywhere in the country. Okay. So Garland had the power to do what he wanted to do to shape the investigation the way he wanted to shape it. Wednesday, uh, Hunter Biden appears in federal court in front of a judge in Delaware. The judge could say, no, I'm not accepting this slap on the wrist, two misdemeanors and a felony gun charge that'll be expunged. No, it's not right. The fix was in. What are the odds of the judge doing that? Uh, Bill, in uh, I would say about 600 cases that I, um, you know, observed or supervised, I had a judge do it one time. Okay. It's very, very rare. Um, obviously, uh, Delaware is Biden's home field. Um, if the judge did that, the judge would then be... Um, obliterated by the, the left and the Democratic Party. So there's all of that. Anyway, we're, we're on it on Wednesday. We'll see what it like that. This is an opinion question. So if Merrick Garland, if it's very clear that he lied under oath in front of Congress, if they can make that case, then he deserves to be impeached. But what about if he, if he just skirted it, you know? just on the outer limits, would you suggest that he should be impeached by Republicans? And that's what it'll be a party vote in that case. I think there's justification to impeach Merrick Garland. I think that um, if he's being clever and coy with his words, you know, that's one thing. But there's there's more than that. There's the refusal to enforce the law, uh, in, you know, against the conservative justices, for example, or the targeting of Catholics or the refusal to to protect um, and prosecute those that went after, um, you know, parenting uh, organizations and, and adoption agencies and pro-life organizations. So there is enough that I would think that their tolerance for this kind of behavior by Merrick Garland is, is at its maximum. And uh, it is certainly justified if you ever believe there was a case for it against a sitting attorney general, it would be this. Okay, so the failure to enforce the laws and a failure to uphold your oath to do so. And, the, and what you refer to, I just want to refresh everybody's memories. There were demonstrations on Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh's property. Okay? They were photographed. The people who did it were identified. That is a felony under federal law. That's correct. And none of them were prosecuted. That's pretty vivid. That's, that's correct. And that, you think that's enough to impeach him? 
Well, I, I think you add that to what has happened now, the lies about the, the U.S. attorney in Delaware and, and the scope of his power and authority to bring cases and then the effort to, to um, conceal what the Department of Justice was doing. And the IRS whistleblowers themselves have um, really blown open the case that Weiss did not have the authority and that Maine Justice was making the calls and they tried to hide it. Okay. All right, Brett, we appreciate it very much. Thanks as always. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually. You're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Joining us now from Boca Raton, Florida, where he's uh, getting tanner by the second, is the aforementioned Eric Bowling. So I don't know. I mean, right after you ran your uh, segment, Fox News took the satanic temple off the list, right? Do I have that right? Yep, 100%. We, I spoke to Becca on Friday night. By Sunday, they had removed the Satanic Temple as one of the matching, uh, one of the qualified uh, groups. I won't say charities, I'll say groups that they were willing to match up to $1,000 of employee donations. Um, you know, they didn't take Planned Parenthood off. I'm pretty sure they didn't. And I'm pretty sure they didn't take the Southern Poverty Law Center off either, but also interesting to know, well, let me just tell you, I, on yesterday's show, I had the founder of the Satanic Temple on, his name is Lucian Greaves, who said, uh, yeah, but you know, who cares, uh, you know, and I said, Lucian, you're wrong. There are qualified charities that would benefit from that money. Frankly, I, I was having a hard time talking to him. I didn't think I should even be talking to someone who represented satanic worship, and that's what they're all about. Um, you know, Franklin Graham, I'll give you one, Bill. Franklin Graham advertises on Fox News. You see it every night. That wasn't one of the qualified charities, but the satanic temple was. All right. Now, do you ask Fox News for a... Uh, uh, apply reply or something so did Beck and they they didn't reply to you or Beck is that correct well Beck did you know we didn't we didn't well no no did you ask Fox News for a comment no I asked Beck if he asked Fox News for a comment okay so so they didn't reply to Beck but obviously this got into uh the public and so they removed the satanic temple and the devil must be mad now there's a rumor floating around and it was Greg Gutfeld donating to the satanic temple was that true I couldn't, I can't confirm or deny that. That's a joke. That's a joke, Media Matters. We're making fun of Gutfeld. He makes fun of everybody. We can do that. So I don't think there's anybody at at Fox News who would donate to the Satanic Temple. I could be wrong, but I don't know. But the fact that it's on there, that it's actually in print, is just so absurd. I can't believe it. What it demonstrates to me is it's really nobody in charge, nobody paying attention. Can't be. They just can't be anybody paying attention to this. Come on, Bill. I mean, the companies, they, uh, last year they had a Pride Month. They had a big logo on their screens, and they were constantly talking about, let's celebrate break Pride Month. And it wasn't so, I don't know, embraced this year, so they stopped doing it. 
the the board seems to be pushing into a more woke uh, agenda, a more woke um, editorial, because when you do that, you open up your audience to to a bigger audience. You you can go grab some MSNBC audience uh, viewers or or CNN viewers because you're you're not just seen as a center right. I mean, Beth Ailes said it perfectly. Roger Ailes found it. He brought Fox News to prominence under God, family, country, and in that order. And it seems like Fox News has lost at least some of that narrative. Well, certainly not as traditional as it was under uh, Mr. Ailes. But, you know, look, Fox News remains number one because it is the only um, major, and Newsmax is coming up. Your program has added a lot of viewers since Tucker Carlson left FNC. Um, but they offer still a traditional approach. As long as you have Hannity and Laura Ingram, Waters now at 8 o'clock, I mean, these people are traditional conservative people. And FNC has not interfered with them at all. Where they do, I understand, interfere is during the day programming. And that kind of like different. But I wouldn't say that they're on a massive jihad to get MSNBC viewers bowling. I don't think they're trying well, what, to do what, well, then what would be the what would be the purpose of they of, don't they don't care. See, it's a different thing when you and I were when you and I were there, they cared. I mean, yeah, because it was a structure. Satanic, you know, let's let's talk about uh, promoting the satanic temple. We, we get well, our ass. They didn't promote it. They weren't promoting the satanic temple. It was just there. They gave, they're not they gave them money. They, they would match. They would make a donation, dollar for dollar matching donation to the I, satanic temple. Let me explain like to you. Let me explain to you why I believe that happened. So when you and I were there, there was a structure of management with professional journalists. Okay? Right down the list. They all covered news stories. They had been around uh, for a while. They were experienced people. The news gathering operation was fairly smooth. The news came in. Guys like you and me analyzed what came in. And then behind the scenes, there, weren't any, there wasn't anybody. I mean, really. I mean, I did a lot of matching over there uh, because I, my foundation gives a lot of money to charity. And they were always fine. They were signing checks. And it was always to the children's or the veterans' charities and all that. But now the people behind, the diversity people, they've taken a much, much larger role in that corporation. Right. And that's what's going on. Why, though? Why? Well, it's where the management, the ownership wants it. They want well, it that okay, way. Now. Maybe, maybe. I, I, I was giving it more, I was actually giving more slack. I was cutting them more slack by giving them the, the business end of it. Like, oh, hey, they, they're looking for a bigger audience. So they're, they're, they're nah, widening. Nah, the, the they know they're not going to get, they're you're, not going to get CNN or MSNBC viewers. No, they want to lure back the viewers that they've lost. I mean, at eight o'clock, they're, they're down, we're at my uh, slot, down about 50%. Oh, yeah. What do you do? So they try to get those people who have fled for one reason or another, all right, back. But it, I don't think the Satanic Temple donation program is the way to do it. But, you know, maybe there are a lot of evildoers who, who you know, have Nielsen diaries. Yeah. I well, I, perhaps. I, I mean, I, I interviewed the, this, this guy, Lucian Greaves, yesterday. And I, I literally on air said to him, I, 
I don't even I don't even feel comfortable talking to you. I, I it was the guy's got one black eye, one white eye, and he, he's the These guys like, are all if loons. If, if you mean, had an idea what the yeah. devil would look like, it would right. look like him. But but again, Bill, I'm okay, fine. I, I just believe that their business model has evolved because maybe Rupert Rogers gone. Rupert Murdoch may be taking a lesser role. Maybe the Suns are taking a larger role. They may be more liberal, more inclusive, more, more into diversity. And that's I think that's what's happening. But I'm also pointing it out because the audience that you developed, Bill, and that I kind of tried to hold while I was there, it's a different makeup. It's a different demographic now than, than what there is. There is no more demographic. About. 25 to 54, gone. Totally gone. Um, let's talk about newsbacks. Um you guys are facing what FNC faced with the voting machines, two lawsuits against Newsmax. Um, but you're not directly involved with any of that, correct? I wasn't here. No, I was. Okay, I came so you weren't there. The so yeah. that may impact Newsmax if, if they settle or Newsmax settles or they lose in court and there's a big judgment against the network. And Fox had this big war chest. Uh, thanks to me, and I appreciate you pointing it out, of billions of dollars, they could pay this off, but Newsmax does not. I'm a little bit worried there that the Dominion lawsuit is going to hurt the network. I'm not being coy with you. It just, it happened prior to me coming here. You know, I see what, what, what the, the Dominion, but by the way, the Dominion settlement by Fox, $787 million. Uh, is that why Tucker got bounced right after? I, I I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they were thinking about fighting it and no one wanted Rupert up on the stand. I, I have no idea. I, I can't even go because I'm not even involved. I'm not, not even privy to the to, to the legal machinations at Newsmax. Okay. So, so, so basically, basically, at this point, there's two lawsuits pending against Newsmax. But you're not involved. You're not covering. You're not doing that, right? I'm not even looped in on on okay. the zeitgeist within the office. Uh, it's going to be interesting office. because I think the country needs Newsmax. Um, we've certainly we've certainly benefited, like when, as you point out. First of all, you peaked. The, your your audience was the top tick on on the audience numbers for for Fox after you left. Tucker built some of what was lost by Fox News, built it back. Um, and, you know, I know Jesse's uh, a protege of yours. He's just not a Tucker, in my opinion. And they, they lost from just from Tucker alone, they lost a million viewers in prime time on average. Jesse brought it back maybe half of that, maybe just a, a, a smidge north of that. But we certainly had no downdraft when this past week when Fox launched their, their new primetime lineup. No, no, I, I, I see the numbers every night uh, and Newsmax is on the rise, particularly your program, which is the highest rated show by far on it. Um, but the country needs um, Newsmax because there is such an imbalance and there is no greater illustration of that than the Biden financial story. Without mm -hmm. Fox News and Newsmax, Nobody know about it. That's how frightening this is. Yeah, yeah. They all want your 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 uh, talking points and your motto were spot on. Uh, Margaret Brennan is placed in on uh, you know very high profile, important journalism journalistic seat in, in face the nation moderator, 
And she's like, oh, let's move on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You pull the threads. A journalist like a, 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 a lawyer, a good lawyer, will start pulling the threads. So this the, the idea of impeaching, first of all, Margaret Brand should have been pulling more threads. But, but the idea of impeaching uh, Biden makes sense because in the impeachment hearings, you lean on people. You you talk to people. You find out you have more leverage. To it'll open it'll open some doors. But in order that, to make it legitimate to the American people and not a fiasco like the Trump stuff, which actually strengthened Trump, although it put him through hell, um, they've got to have this guy Devin Archer on Monday go in and say, "I was there with Joe Biden, and he was talking to Hunter Biden about Burisma, Romania, China." He's got to say that. You don't have that, right. then you can't well, look bring what they're doing. You, you're, you're, you pointed out three years ago, three and a half years ago, the narrative around the, well, Biden himself was saying, I've never spoken to Hunter about That's his crazy. business. But he and gets away with sudden, it. He gets away with it. Well, the goalpost keeps moving, and now it's, well, KJP saying, Joe's never been in business with Hunter. That's quite a far cry from, I've never spoken well, to Well, the combination of... This, which is a major, major story and a detriment to the Biden administration and his physical and mental uh, decline. I, I suggested to the White House that rather than get a shorter stairs bowling, you know, to walk into Air Force One, he should get one of those little elevator seats. You can buy those, you know, you just go, Ooh, you don't have to walk. You don't need steps. those. I, I see pictures of you scuba diving with Holly. No, I have. I have. Oh, is Holly okay? Is Holly all right? Because Holly's all right. She's racked out over here. She fell asleep. I, I see the hostage videos. I see. I blink twice, Holly, and, and sniff something. Make sure you're actually alive. Holly stuff. is our big marketer. I'll tell you that. All right, Bowling. Thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, continued success at Newsmax. And we'll talk again soon, I hope. Thank you, Bill. We'll see you okay. on my show, too, soon. Mitch McConnell. I'm not using the video. Everybody used it. I don't use the uh, Joe Biden falling down the stairs video unless it's new. But I don't use it over and over and over. I don't, I'm not going to use a video. You saw it. So yesterday, uh, the House, uh, the Senate minority leader uh, was giving a speech and then he couldn't talk. And they lead him away and he comes back and he says, I'm OK. to just do the speech. But we trace McConnell. It's a serious situation. Remember, the most powerful Republican in Congress. Mitch McConnell. So in February 2003, okay, he had triple bypass surgery. It's that serious, serious operation. In 19, 2019, he fell down in his Louisville, Kentucky home, and broke his shoulder. In February 2023, all right, he tripped and fell in Finland, getting out of a car. And on March 8th, just a month later of this year, he fell down again and fractured his rib and was off the Senate floor for six weeks. And then yesterday, he freezes. So um, I don't know how to frame this, but Mitch McConnell should resign. Better go to country. And so, so should Dianne Feinstein. When Dianne Feinstein, a senator from California, um, doesn't know where she is half the time. Roll the tape. What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. She hasn't been gone. She missed two months or more. 
I mean, she doesn't even know where she is. So we've got to take a look at this. Um, and we've got to come up with a law signed by Congress, passed by Congress, signed by the president. When an elected official in Congress or in the executive branch or in the Supreme Court, when they are suspect for health reasons, they must undergo a complete exam that must be made public. And if they flunk the exam, cognitive exam, they have to resign. We just can't keep going on like this. And I'm not getting into Joe Biden because if you don't know the man's impaired by now, then you don't want to know. Simple as that. He is. He's impaired. He doesn't know from day to day what's happening. He's in and he's out. He's not always in the ozone, but he's in the ozone a lot. And you can't have the most powerful man in the world not being able to assess situations. Joe Biden doesn't know what's going on on the border. There's no clue. He doesn't know fentanyl overdose deaths. He doesn't know violent crime in Chicago. He doesn't know macroeconomics. I mean, he believes that he created more jobs than any other president in history. He believes that. And it's just, it's such a blatant lie. Everybody's going, no, uh, you started from when COVID shut down the economy. You can't do that. Nobody could do that. Not Joe. Joe believes it. I don't even think Joe Biden knows what his son Hunter did. Now, in the past, he knew. No doubt about it. And I think we'll find that out from Devin Archer on Monday. But now, why would you invite your son in the middle of a felony guilty plea to the White House for a state dinner? Not steak dinner, state dinner. Why would any cognizant president do that? Biden did it. Is that not an insult and in your face? to the whole legal system of this country? You know, I watch these guys really closely. Mitch McConnell is not able to do his job, period. New poll by our pal Mark Penn, Harvard Harris. Poll, pretty legitimate. And I don't like to do a lot of polling on a presidential stuff too early, but this one caught my attention. So 2068 registered voters, Democrat 39, Republican 32, Independent 29. First question, if the 24 election were held for president today and it was between Trump and Biden, who would you vote for? Trump 45, Biden 40. Okay. Second question, if the 24 election for president were held today between Trump and Kamala Harris, Trump 47, Harris 38. Third question, the Republican presidential primary for 24 was held today. Would you vote for Trump 52, DeSantis 12, Ramaswamy 10, Pence 7, Haley 4, Scott 2, Christie 2. Finally, you think President Biden should run for a second term, run 36, not run 64. So there you go. Now, the polls in September after Labor Day start to get a little bit more. Okay. We have a lot of stuff going on here about the election, so we're on it, but now it's a little fluid. Everybody goes, oh, who's going to win? I have no idea. So many things are going to happen in the next six months before the end of the year. So many things. Stay, keep it here.
Uh, smart life. So I had my money, a little bit of it anyway, in Wells Fargo Bank, and I had to pull it out of there. Number one, I don't like Wells Fargo's attitude in general. Number two, I walked in with a, I got a balance of about 50000 in that bank. I wanted to cash a check, 5000 against the fifty I had, and, they, and the teller wouldn't cash it. She said, oh, it has to clear. It has to wait three days to clear. Bang. That second, I took every, every cent out of the bank. And I got the manager. I said, look, you come over here. And I wasn't nice. I said, this woman, well, that's our policy. I said, good. You know what my policy is? I'm out of here. Because you're stupid. I don't want to be in a stupid bank. I was really obnoxious. I will admit it. Okay? All right. I bet you you've had the same experience. It's two ways. Incompetence of the bank and ideology. Right? Okay. There's a new bank. Old Glory Bank. This is in Oklahoma. Uh, It's started by Dr. Ben Carson, commentator Larry Elder, and a guy named John Rich. Full service FDIC. All right. And um, it only invests in traditional value businesses. So I get letters all the time. I don't want to do that. Here it is. Oldglorybank.com. Oldglorybank, one word, dot com. Now, check it out. See what their CD rates are. See what they have for you. See if they can help you. Don't just throw money in there. Check it out. See if it works. But it's an alternative that you might find worthy. All right, final thought of the day. So yesterday was insane. I had no time to even eat. Got a little cereal in the morning, and then at 6 o'clock, I look at the clock. All right. So I ran over to a local Subway uh, place, and I wanted to get a tuna sub with a little provolone cheese and lettuce, right? Pretty simple order. Uh, I got a big one. I'm, I'm hungry. I didn't eat all day. So the local subway shop is owned by a family from Bangladesh. And I like that. They're hardworking. They come to America. They want to succeed. But the daughter is taking my order, and she didn't speak English. And whatever she says, nobody can understand her. I'm going, does anybody understand? No. And she's asking me questions about my order. And all I'm doing is going, tuna, pointing to the tuna, okay? Large bread, pointing to the bread. Provolone, pointing to it, because I have the ingredients out. And lettuce, just put it on the thing. It took me about eight minutes to get this sandwich. So I'm thinking to myself, do I get angry? What do I do? Am I frustrated? Now, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I probably would have said, all right, get me somebody else. But I didn't. I feel sorry for her. Yeah, the tuna sandwich I want, I was hungry, but it was more important that she survive with her dignity. I finally got the sandwich, okay? I almost went around and made it myself. It's not a hard deal to do. So... The reason I'm telling you all this is when you're in that situation, and I'm sure you will be, just take a step back and go, is it worth it? All right? And usually the answer is no. Final thought. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. And we'll see you again on Monday.